welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Find us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports One. I am your host, Jared All. To my left, as always, co-host of the show, Connor Holzkamp. It's me. He is officially <laughs> here. And joining us once again. We're in a pizza planet. Behind shirt. the producer desk, Tyler Waldy, how are you? It's me. Yes, this it is, is him yeah. in uh, a Pizza Planet shirt. This is the best, best podcast intro ever because we're talking about a bunch of things that nobody can see. Pizza Planet from Toy Story, you know? Yeah. the Does the this place actually <laughs> exist is the question. Well, I yeah, if know. you go to Disneyland, there is actually a Pizza Planet within the park. So technically, yes, mm. Pizza Planet does exist. Okay. So I think that might be worth trying. I'm a big Pixar fan. You guys like uh, Pixar? I like Pixar. I'm personally more of a Disney fan myself. Well, but have you heard of the Pixar theory? Oh, the God. Here, oh, here he goes. God. Here yeah. goes Tyler. I, I, we don't, we don't yeah. th- I know we're starting the show with this, so yeah. I'll make it quick. But the Pixar theory is an idea that they came up with with uh, uh, the the notion that all these movies are connected in, in the Pixar land. So every, pic- every Disney movie that comes out as a Pixar movie is in the same universe. And they're all connected. They're all telling one giant arcing story, but they're out of order. Uh, so it's such a unique idea. It's so fun. I've been following this theory for years, Just and I YouTube still more important questions. Oh, it's all over YouTube. Have I, you? I recommend following the Super Carlin Brothers. They have the best Pixar theory uh, videos. Right. Have you watched the movies in the order? Yeah chronologically yeah, yeah. as they're they're set in the theory yep. so far i have uh a new one came out recently i forget the name of it like newt or something like that's like a i forget what the name of it is anyway uh i, I have watched them all in order and it makes sense but yeah so uh now, there you go Toy now, Story, hey, Planet. yeah before we get started on our show i just i know i, I i'm kind of springing this for all of our listeners out there i'm springing this on this our, show our is two. about to get off the rails <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> i don't even think we're gonna even start well let's face show. it colorado <laughs> sports they're not exactly jumping off the page this, this is true okay this is so, so, so i'm intrigued so I'm last intrigued, week Connor. last week we discussed our top five starting lineup for denver nuggets right and yes. so i wanted to just uh throw it out here so uh you know i was talking a little bit to tyler and i haven't reached out to you jerry because i want to get your just raw reaction here okay uh, we had a couple disagree- major notable disagreements, right? Uh, one at the guard position and one at the forward position. So for the guards, um, I had uh, one of the guards was Allen Iverson. You had Chauncey Billups, Jared, and Tyler. You had um, Chauncey. Uh, well, we also oh, threw Fat Lever. I thought in Fat there Lever well. was was in no there. Fat Lever was my. I threw Fat Lever in there, but uh, okay. it, it ended okay. up being fair, Chauncey. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we had we had a little bit of a disagreement between Chauncey and Allen Iverson, and then at the forward position, um, if you had to pick two forwards, right? I had Alex English and Carmelo Anthony. I I believe both of you had Dan Issel and Alex English. Yep. Correct. Correct. Yep. So. I actually threw this poll up into the uh, Reddit universe, um, I which, put a, which can be a good resource. It is, and so I put it on two different spots. It's like one the of, new Wikipedia, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like Poll Central, right? So, so I put it on two different spots. One of them is just kind of a general polls spot where people post polls and just random people from like across the world come and just answer your polls, right? Uh, and then I threw it on a Denver Nuggets Reddit subpage. And that's actually where we got the majority of the votes, right? Uh, so I just want to want to throw this out here a little bit. It's a little interesting kind of too, uh, seeing the two perspectives. So um, in terms of the na- like the national main poll page, right? We only got 20 votes, okay, for, for the forwards. And there was th- uh, 13 for Carmelo Anthony 
and seven for Alex English and zero for Dan Issel. Not surprising. It's a national thing, right? Right. right. Um, and again, again, so for the guards on the national thing, right, is uh, 24 for Allen Iverson. 10 for Fat Lever and 4 for Chauncey Billups. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I can't believe the lack of Chauncey love. So, so, so but that's yeah. national. Yeah, I, I know, but Chauncey was a, a star in Detroit. Right. I mean, he was the MVP It of was the a finals. little surprising that Fat Lever got the national love that he did. I mean, obviously, it's no surprise, I think, to all of us that Allen Iverson, in a poll that's just kind of open-ended to right. everybody in the whole world, that everyone that chose to answer, I think it's not surprising that Allen Iverson's sure. up there, but... I was a little surprised at the fat lever love. Now, this is where it gets real interesting for all you folks here. But there's another twist. Yeah. So, oh, wait. There's so, more. <laughs> so I threw this on uh, Reddit, uh, you know, r slash Denver Nuggets. Okay. So it's this is actually speaking to you all, the listeners, the fans, right? This is our universe. And so uh, for the forwards, right, we had 287 votes for Alex English. Okay. Okay. 287. 106 for Carmelo Anthony. Okay. And 10 for Dan Issel. That's crazy. Wow. That to me is crazy. And you know what? But my, my initial thought when I heard the Dan Issel thing is it's got to be younger people That's voting what I was thinking, on generation. But thing. Alex English. So is it the name? Is it, the, is it that the name Alex English has such staying power in Denver that people yes, vote I, for that I automatically? Think, I think Because Dan Issel's, Issel's numbers were off the charts. I mean, the guy it, did everything They well. weren't Carmelo's numbers. They were really close, and he was more all around. They were player. not really close. Let's look it up. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Instead of just spitting out here, but I think Alex English is just such a well-known name throughout Denver mm. that even casual fans, you hear Alex English and it sticks. You know, oh, he's like an all-time great Nugget. Whereas Dan Issel, it yeah, you're like okay, yeah, sure, the name is familiar, but you'd have to look him up to know. I think he also played a little bit late, you know, earlier in time. So I think it's a, a little more removed from Dan Issel. Having I'll tell retired. you what, Dan Issel. Due respect, obviously great place in Nuggets history, would take it on the chin compared to Carmelo Anthony, all right? I will tell you that much. Carmelo Anthony, and hey, I, hey I'm just saying, that's my thinking of it, and, and it looks like the people agreed. So, yeah, I'm going to do my little Tyler Walging impression so- here <laughs> and, and, and take a round of applause for myself here, um, uh, you know, having the incredible insight there. But, you know, it was so, interesting. So, Melo, uh, career stats, I'm going to have to get, let's see, uh, career stats, for the Nuggets, Melo had 23 points, 6.3 rebounds. You want to jot this down so we can remember it? Here, here's a pen, Connor. You got a paper around there? Nice to catch right behind there. you, Something like that? Yeah, you can jot Let's it there. Let's see. Here we go. I got it. All right, so cool. 23 points. Uh, 23 points, um, 6.3 rebounds. Okay. All right. 2.8 assists. Okay. Dan Issel. Uh, 20.4 points. Ooh, all right. 7.9 rebounds. Okay. 2.5 assists. So can so, you read it? Can you read them now and compare side by side? So what are the points for uh, Mello and Dan Issel? 23 compared to 20.4. For who? Mello has... Mello. Mello has 23 points a game. Dan Issel has... 20. 20. Okay. Uh, rebounds. Uh, we are going to go 6.3 for Carmelo and 7.9 for Dan. And assists... 2.8 for Melo, 2.5 for Dan. That seems pretty comparable to me. Now, I know we're it's talking different eras, right? Yeah. Obviously, in this era, he wouldn't be as successful. But my point is, when you talk stats, that is my exact point, is you're one of the most knowledgeable and Nuggets fans I know, but your immediate reaction was to go, Melo well, put up okay, the stats. But, but, can I, can I but Melo was something? not a, a well-rounded player, especially in his time with the Nuggets. Right. That was not a guy that played any defense. He was a scorer. 
And so I think you got a more well-rounded player with Dan Issel, and he was on both sides of the floor. Yeah, and, and especially when he was with the Nuggets. I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, I, I also think it's a fair point that uh, a lot of people were not playing defense in the NBA during that particular time frame. Uh, but, hey, neither here nor there. That's a, that's a little oh, surprising. Oh, yeah, they're playing a lot of defense these days. No, no, <laughs> they're not. Yeah, you're right. But, they're not, you know, defense is not a huge uh, priority in a lot of NBA players. You're but just hey, a mellow so I will apologist. say this. I will say this. Mellow okay? and Drew Locke. You're just never going to stop apologizing for these guys. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm, I don't even like Drew Locke, but I love Mello. Am I am I painting fake news? Am I painting a wrong yeah, picture? Yeah, that's how rumors get started. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so I'll give you this. It's a little bit more... Com- it is more comparable than I thought it was going to be. Um, I would be curious, Tyler, uh, though... If you removed like like Melo's worst two years scoring, like right. where that would go, because I feel like okay, but if you were we're doing and graded on a curve, then we got to drop the best two and the worst two. You can't just drop the worst two well, and then look at the stats. That's that's a good point. Well, okay, so I will say this: uh, I'm just not sure. Extremes, I'm yeah. not sure Dan Issel was ever anywhere close to the scoring champion of the MVP of the NBA. I, mean, I don't know that. I don't I mean, think so. So so what you're telling me is Dan Issel was a more consistent player in Melo. Yeah. Had his ups yeah. and downs, yeah. but 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 also look, they drafted Melo to come in here and score, so he did what he was asked no, to do. Look, what we expected I, I like him to do. Mello too. I think Melo was a really good player, yeah. but I, well, I, I so the Reddit Nuggets universe spoke and and gave Alex English a lot of love, gave Carmelo some pretty good love, and really Dan Issa was getting the shaft. So wow. Wow. Uh, and, and now let me just real quick move over to the guards with the Nuggets universe. Sure. So we got the. Uh, uh, and, and just so you guys know, the way I actually phrased this, right, was three guards, you have to pick one. And that was the title of it. And then the, the description is you have to choose one of these three guards for your starting five. Who you got? Okay. Right. Um, and this is asking again, Nuggets Universe. So we had 165. Oh. Yeah, right there. Oh, my God. Uh, I think Tyler just ate, drank some rotten coffee. I did. I thought That's that was grounds. That's so gross. That's my coffee from last week. I thought it was this week's coffee. Can you excuse me? I'm gonna go get my coffee. Wait, wait can we? Uh, can that we, is so nasty. Can we ask the question that needs to be said as to why is there a last week's coffee right there? Um, Connor, uh, I think there's appropriate time while Tyler's out of the room. But uh, have you looked around? I think uh, there's a few things that were left uh, over. You from, know. Uh, I mean, I still got. Ago. I still got the uh, nice <laughs> wrapper here from our. Uh, uh, hey, audio Tyler's good at a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> cleanliness is not one of them. Hey, though, the studio is pretty nice. I know our, our listeners can't see, but uh, you know, at some point, you, you can actually go look at it on a couple of the other podcasts. Um, College Football Weekly, I, I know, has a couple on YouTube. Uh, you can see the studio. It's pretty nice. We got a bunch of uh, little <sighs> miniature college football helmets, a bunch of little odd objects I'm everywhere. Back. Okay, Tyler's I'm back. back. Quit, oh, quit talking. I almost smart. threw up. That was disgusting. Yeah, that's awful. That sounds awful. Oh, it was ice cold. Now, let's just, uh, <laughs> if we if we may, let's look past beyond the fact that uh, Tyler has a week old coffee at his at his <laughs> workspace. I don't, I don't, I don't clean my desk that often. I no, need to clean my space. No. So, so, uh, anyways, let's get back to this. Sorry about real that, quick. All right. So, God, that was nasty. Uh, in first place on on Reddit slash Denver Nuggets was Allen Iverson with 165 votes in a very very close second. 158 votes was Chauncey Billups and 93 fat leavers. So granted, there was a little bit but more see, parody that in makes this sense decision. to me. It though. doesn't make sense to I, me. I don't agree with it, but I get it. See, because Allen Iverson was loved, man. But look, I mean, the poll speaks. I think that's why these polls are so much fun to do. But 
But was it just that? Was it that Allen Iverson was so fun? Because didn't uh, well, the Nuggets win more games with Chauncey? Chauncey took him to the next level. He was there. The, I think Chauncey played here longer than than Allen Iverson, if not mistaken. Between uh, well, his two well, stints. Granted, okay, stints. and this goes to our conversation last week. Tyler actually took it kind of the same way that I did, and that we weren't really thinking about longevity of the Nuggets and what they did for the Nuggets. We were thinking of. Let's build the best starting five right, we can right. with Nuggets play with players that are for the Nuggets. So, and, and and again, that's the way I phrased it, right? I didn't phrase it as who is the greatest guard in Nuggets history, right? Because if you're talking about like the goat status for guards, I doubt that Allen Iverson. Because I mean, even a bunch of the 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 poll answerers were commenting on that, like, okay, because of the way the questions worded, if I'm just building a starting five with any of these Nuggets players. I'm going to go Allen Iverson because he was absolutely incredible at some point. Like, so much more dominant than any of the and other And that's ones. a good way of putting it. He His high was way more dominant than so much more dominant. Chauncey, I mean, he's MVP level. But again, I look at the consistency of Chauncey's play, the leadership that he brings, which in my mind, even to answer the question that way, if I'm building a starting five, I want a leader at my point guard position, a guy that will be my general on the floor. Well, so that Me one too. was close. That one was close. All right. I think, honestly, I mean... Tyler over here is the, the stats man, and obviously 163 to 158. That's a really, really close. Right. So it's it's a great argument to have. I mean, hey, you know, let us know what you guys think, you know, at Red Rock Sports One on Twitter. Uh, but I don't, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and I that's just wanted good to, stuff. Yeah, yeah I wanted to give myself a little round of applause for being right on this one. We'll, we'll right? keep doing some more fun <laughs> stuff like that. I, re, I think we all really enjoyed it. The listeners really enjoyed it, where yeah. we can get involved and do some stuff on Reddit, on Twitter, get yeah. some polls going. There we go. Oh. Yes, <laughs> you like that one. Uh, so we'll, as we go into the coming weeks, especially with the you know hockey basketball seasons for the Nuggets and the Avalanche over, I think we'll have a little bit more fun. We'll start talking a little bit more Broncos talk. I want to actually get into now some Rockies talk. We obviously have the All Star Game coming up in a couple weeks here. I believe that's the 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In beautiful Denver, Colorado, which. Just off the cuff, I've not really heard anything regarding like any COVID restrictions or anything. Are we full capacity? Full oh yeah, go, they're full. Everything as far to go? as I'm sure. Yeah, no, or as far as I know, yeah, they are. They're Ready they're full go. capacity. But, but an All Star game, I mean, I don't really have that much of a desire to go to an All Star game. Um, I went, I went when I was a kid. One. Yeah, me yeah, too. The I mean, it was so fun as a kid. Of course, baseball can't call it the All Star game either. In typical baseball fashion, it's the Midsummer Classic. Yeah, it's the hmm, so classy. I, I gotta tell you, I uh, would have loved to go to the home run derby. Uh, I'm going to be on vacation, unfortunately, during that. And but I was uh, really bummed out because I love going to the home run. I mean, I've been to the home run derby last time, and and the home run derby is a lot of fun, man. How can you not love a home run derby? Just a bunch of sluggers getting around, jacking okay. home runs. Yeah. Sure, in theory. But the reality of home run derbies, it gets brutal, man. There's some long shots, and they've changed up the the process. Now it's just like a time frame, or whatever. But when you have that guy up there that's getting those pitches out in the dirt from whoever his dad or uncle that he decided <laughs> to bring out there, and he's just standing there and standing there and standing, foul ball, foul ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got brutal. And so, yeah, sure, it's thrilling in the end, and and there's some moments, but it's it, well, it shouldn't be a three hour. And we're gonna I'm just get not a huge all star game guy. Yeah, I, I, it's understandable. I like I like it because I really love baseball and I love, you know, I, I would love to go see these guys like, you know, Shohei Otani. I mean, by the way, that guy is a freaking god of baseball. Yeah, I was wrong it, about him. That I, is I, unreal. I, I didn't think there was any way he would be doing this at an elite level, both hitting and pitching. And he's I mean, obviously a very, very special player, but is he just making a mockery of like this notion that pitchers can't play 
every day. Well, couldn't be clearly he is. But right? I, mean, I mean, but the question is: Is this repeatable? Can we see this over and over? I mean, and I you think can't tell me he's that much nature. of a unicorn. I mean, yes, I believe he's a special player. He but hit the ball like 1,000 feet the other day. Well, <laughs> I mean, so we, we talk all the time on this show about how uh, a certain players, right, can kind of impact not just the professional sports, but all the, the amateur and high school and college leading up, right? I mean, we've talked about it with like Jokic, for instance, right? Uh, Shohei Otani, his success... I absolutely expected to have an impact in what what amateur coaches do it and high school coaches and and college coaches. Okay, so granted in little league, right? Your best pitcher and best hitter, it doesn't matter. You will you will pitch and you very will often uh, it's the same person. But as soon as you <laughs> so as soon as you get to some high school, but really as soon as you get to college, right? As soon as you get to college, you are it's kind of the norm. You are forced to pretty much pick one, right? I mean, More or less. even a lot of players I, I was forced to do that in high school <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah, you know but you were forced for uh, different reasons no then, no uh, pitchers at Arapahoe <laughs> could hit I went to Arapahoe High School this is a Colorado podcast I went to Arapahoe it was the rule but, but do you see pitchers what I'm saying? is that because they hit. couldn't hit or is it because they like weren't able to it hit was because well. our coach wanted us to focus <laughs> on pitching okay so fair enough so there's a lot of high schools right I fully anticipate that Shohei Otani's success is going to change in college and high schools how they view their pitchers. They're going to say, hey, guess what? My pitcher can hit. I'm going to keep him in there and, 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 and hit. I think one of the problems and one of the reasons it's so difficult is as a pitcher or a hitter, right? You spend so much time working on your craft. So uh, it's tough to, to find the hours to actually work on hitting as much as the hitters can and still find a way to throw your bullpens and get your running in and all the stuff that pitchers have to do. Anyways, I, th- I just love this guy. Shohei Otani is, yeah, he's going to be the first player, you know, in the home run derby history uh, that has started a game as an MLB pitcher. That's cool. So, no, I mean, interesting. I'd like well, to and, see it. And more, I, I think, if anything, you may see more of like relief pitchers, a guy that's maybe not being as, as taxed from the pitching mound as a starter mm-hmm. would, but then you could be playing all game long, frankly, and then switch from whatever position you are into pitcher. And then I think if I'm not mistaken, then you could double switch back to another position after that. Or is that just too many switches that they don't allow? I have no idea about the switch limit, but yeah. So could a player could Otani come in from outfield or whatever? I know he DHs typically, but say he's playing in the outfield, uh-huh. come into pitch and then go back to a different outfield spot and not, you know, and a different pitcher comes in. <laughs> no, that's interesting. I think that that would be allowed. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I fine. Think it, be- it is because once, but I mean, obviously, once you remove a player, you can't put him back right. in the lineup. Uh, but that's interesting. Yeah, I, be- I bet you that you would be be able to do that. So hold on. I'm sorry, I want to rewind for a sec. Don't you think Connor and Jared? Don't you think that most teams? And we just mentioned that this is why my high school team did it. But don't you think most teams do do that to keep pitchers focused and? It's less about the skill and it's more about... I think it's less about focused as it is about keeping them healthy. Yeah. Keeping them healthy. Which is baseball. Right. When baseball is just that, and that's, that's probably a good point too, but baseball is just this sport to where they've done the same thing for so long and still managers today are unwilling to really change a lot of the norms and pitchers for decades. It's always been they go to the dugout, they sit on the bench or up top above the bench and they don't talk to anybody all game long. They sit there. No one comes up and says anything. I mean, most pitchers operate that way. I'm sure there's examples where pitchers talk or they're on the they're at the rail, but most pitchers go to the dugout, sit down, head down, put the towel on their head, whatever. No one talks to Specifically them. Specifically so starting whole, pitchers. Yeah, starting pitchers. Exactly. Yeah. So it's this whole idea of 
don't talk to the pitcher. He can't be lose his focus. He's got to worry about pitching. So I just don't know. Like I'd like to see it more, but it's kind of like in football. We're, we're seeing more quarterbacks who are your best player on the field. That was never the case in terms of athlete. Now, a lot of times in college, in, in high school leading up, your best athlete is your quarterback. Well, yeah. and just and in, it's bleeding in over general, even from sport to sport, where you're seeing so many fewer multi-sport athletes and everyone's trying to push kids in a direction to, to be very focused in high school. And, and something that I find is actually interesting is that every year after year, the guys that go in the NFL draft, now obviously these are elite athletes. This isn't your everyday high school athlete. But elite athletes, these guys, you know, 80 to 90% of these guys were multiple sport athletes yeah. in high school. So it's to, to say that you need to focus on those things, I think you let athletes be athletes in high school. I think by fo- pushing these kids too hard, that's where you get these kids getting Tommy John surgery when they're 16 years old because all they've been doing is pitching, 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 right. pitching, pitching. And, and granted, too, some of the sports you brought up rely a lot more on, on just pure athleticism. And this is true. Uh, whereas baseball is a lot more, you know, like, like, a, like a tennis or a skill-based thing. And so it is, it, it's a little different, right? Right? Like you could literally not play. I mean, we've seen it all the time. How many times have we seen someone never play football in their entire lives? And then they're just amazing athletes. Right. And then they come in like someone's like, hey, you should play football. You're 19 years old. They come into college and they wreck people at linebacker or something. You know, I mean, that doesn't happen with baseball. You don't just like, hey, you're a really big athlete. Let's go pitch the baseball. Like that yeah, doesn't happen. A weird okay, so here's skill. an interesting question. What? sport is the easiest i think you said it football i think we probably all agree just as easiest. a pure athlete to pick up a sport oh, okay. from nothing there we go. what's there we go. the hardest uh, uh, of all sports of all, of every sports sport. in general Jeez, probably golf. golf golf is the most I'm frustrating go golf. and i've always said this it's so funny how many people like to golf and like to try golf? My girlfriend likes golfing. My sister occasionally goes golfing. No one, and they're all not very good at it because it's well, so people hard. People always, whenever I invite them to golf, they're like, oh, I'm not very good. I'm like, yeah, I golf a lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not either. Right. Like, it's it doesn't the, matter. One of the toughest sports to pick score. up. And everyone does it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, golf, I'd say for sure. I'd say golf, but if you're talking about all the... Yeah, like, okay, what about, about team the, sports? The team sports, uh, definitely baseball in my mind. No doubt about uh, it. Hockey not, would be even. up there for me as well because yeah, of you the coordination and... You have to be able to skate and really balance well. And I'd give hockey a, a, a very good second. You know, uh, on, on that note, you know what I did once when I worked in Greeley in, in radio? One of uh, my clients was really into curling, and he took me to the Colorado Curling uh, Club, and I tried that. Whew, it was tough I mean, because you're on the ice and you have to put it looks so there's this sort of this thing you have to stand on on your left foot so you can slide on the ice oh and every time when i would let go of the rock i would stand up and i would slip on that thing and i fell down three or four times and i had bruises on my but and it was not a good experience. Yeah, that so sounds curling, like a pole groin. Curling's a lot harder to do than it seems on tv a yeah. lot harder which that's like lakewood right uh, well, there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Lakewood area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, well, you know, out. one the one thing. Let's get to the the All Star. And one last yes. thing about it, I wanted to say is, uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned, but you know, Trevor Story is going to be participating in the MLB All Star game, the home run, the home run derby. Sorry, not the All Star. Yeah, because he's. I don't think he will. No, be no, I don't think so either. If uh, the Rockies were actually competing, I'd be afraid it'd mess his swing up. I never like to see. Yeah, you know, I, I'll have to. I'll have to find it for you, Tyler. But so I actually read this really great. I think it was 538 did a really, really great, like thorough analysis of all the home run derby people before and after see if it like has any effect. And anyways, the point is their analysis was no, it's a myth. It does not actually do anything. Well, especially for a guy like Trevor story, that's a pretty natural home run hitter. I mean, that's kind of what he does. Maybe not so much so far this year, but that's his kind of MO. But you know, he'll, uh, 
So Trevor Story will be there. That'll be fun. You know, the hometown guy. He'll uh, attempt to be the fourth uh, player of, of all time to win the home run derby at his own park. And that's what's going to be fun. People are going to be yeah, cheering. Yeah, that's why I'm really glad that he's yeah. a part. I mean, obviously, I think from the MLB side, that was motivation to put him in it. But I'm yeah. glad he decided to do it. Me too. Now, uh, here we go. Here's a question for you. I doubt any anyone will get it. But maybe our listeners can just scream. I know the answer. Who was the last player to win the home run derby? Uh, in their home ballpark. And I will give you the team because it's a pretty hard question. Okay, I was going to throw out a name even yeah, before you yeah, did. Okay, name throw too. out a name I've and got then a name too. throw out a name. Jim Tome, Indians. No. Uh, Todd Frazier. No. Reds. Washington Nationals. And it wasn't... I'm not, Bryce, I'm not Bryce Harper. That's what I was thinking. Bryce Harper in 2018. See, I, th- I was going to go trick question. I was going to go trick question. I didn't even know, there. honestly. Uh, and, it wasn't uh, that long ago. Yeah, I, I didn't really <laughs> follow the. He'd be home the first player since 2018. It's one of those, you know. Did Adam I mean? Dunn play for Washington at that time? Uh, he, he did I at thought, one point. I thought I Connor that. was going to go trick question. That's usually too easy no, an answer. It was, for a, Connor it was an easy. It was an easy answer, but you know, I mean, I'm sure one of our listeners out there got it. They're just like, right. you guys are freaking idiots. No, he got it. Jared got it. Jared did. Yeah. Well, Jared did. you said Nationals. That's like the only Nationals <laughs> player I can just like bring right off the top. So, of my head. so here, he's, not, here, he's not on the Nationals. Well, I know, anymore. I know. But like, All right, here's in one the history of the, the short history <laughs> of the Nationals. One that's more trivia for you guys. You don't have to go way back. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So Trevor Story will be the 14th Rockies player ever to compete in the Home Run Derby. The last Rockies player to compete compete in the Home Run Derby was Nolan Carlin, Carlos Gonzalez, and it was 2017. Oh, was it Nolan? Nope. No, oh. you know who it was? It was uh, Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Oh, I do that's remember right. that. I do remember right. that. Charlie did. He did not perform well in that. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But it was cool to see him. So hey, I'm yeah. I'm stoked to see Trevor Story, man. I'm gonna I'm, well, I'm gonna be rooting for him. And I actually think I mean this is a perfect event for him, especially in a guy that has nothing to play for for the Rockies. So what does he care? Like give it all, go all out. And I mean he very well end up may end up traded here, you know, before too long. So you know, kind of enjoy Coors while you got it. I wouldn't mind. Look, I know the. Arenado trade was not received well among fans and obviously it was for two reasons because we got rid of a fan favorite and we didn't get much back but at this point I wouldn't mind hitting that reset button and just restarting I mean the issue is obviously like we talked about last week their farm system is terrible I mean the Rockies have one of the worst farm systems in the league so but so here's the tough thing about hitting that reset button like you said uh a lot of the rockies assets now granted we mentioned trevor story he's on uh this last year of his contract i'm not sure how much you get for trevor story anyways especially him having this down year like he's having uh but um a lot uh, the the rockies uh probably the the rockies biggest asset if they chose to do something like that and blow everything up would be herman marquez um or That's you know true. or maybe but even a got, john gray but when i say hit the reset button that doesn't necessarily mean yeah, you keep that delete everyone together, you got to keep some players here the core the the cheaper guys and i think the rockies have some promising pitchers that can be a part of the staff. Right, if right. Herman Marquez can be your number two or number three on a staff, probably number three, like that's what the Rockies need to do. They need, but we're talking different mentality. We're talking a completely different team that we haven't seen or front office that we haven't seen in years. And, and see, I don't think you trade any of the pitching uh, because if nothing else, it is tough to get pitchers, it's impossible right. to get free agent pitchers to come here. You have to home grow them in or Colorado draft them. right now. This or, is a great that's what I'm saying. You got for draft pitchers. Them. There's so many good pitchers coming out. Vanderbilt themselves has two that are going to, I mean. And, and so I, I, 
Vanderbilt, yes. Yeah. yeah, they do got some great prospects. And so so I think you obviously look to keep drafting pitching if you're the Rockies. I think you hold on to your pitchers that you got. You try to keep them. Um, and, and in terms of the reset button, I mean, you got Charlie Blackman's contract going to be ending in a couple of years. I don't see him sticking around unless he's willing to just take a, a massive pay cut to just stay hometown discount. Maybe be a bench, a bench guy type type guy, you know, but I doubt it too. Look, so we're some, probably seeing him gone. At some point, these players want to win. No, I for mean, sure. And, and but what I what I think is I think a team like the Rockies you could see a relatively quicker than you would expect turnaround even with a depleted farm system uh, because if you have if you can clear out some of the money right clear out some some cap space you can bring free agent hitters here you can bring free agent hitters to Colorado and so as long as you have that backbone of pitching which is why I don't think you want to get rid of the pitching if you're the Rockies GM whoever that's going to be we don't even really know yet so this is a you know it's a lot of fun right so in that scenario what do you do with Trevor Story uh, hey man, I'm a huge Trevor Story fan. I, I hope the Rockies keep him. Just for no, honestly, I, I have to just admit my bias. It's from a fan perspective. I just love Trevor Story. I don't think that's the you, dumbest thing, dumbest move to make though. To keep him and try to resign him, I, I get that there is a, you know, a sense that the Rockies don't, you know, bring in the talent and surround people. Obviously, that was a lot of the issue with Arenado and why he wanted out of here when he did, but. Trevor Story is not going to get the contract he thought he was going to. Well, maybe that's okay. Year. Let him get a taste of reality. See that and he then even if you can money, get him in a shorter rental deal, I don't think that's the worst See, thing. See, I think Trevor Story is going to get paid. You think he still gets oh, paid? I think he gets paid big numbers. I mean, I still think even with his down year, he is absolutely uh, a top three. Um, I, I, I really truly believe that GMs view him as a top three middle infielder in the league to have. What? Dude, I mean, from shortstop position, there's no people don't have that kind of power from the shortstop position. That's a that's an abno- anomaly. Like it does not exist. Now, granted, this year it will be interesting to see what this year does because he is having a a really down year by his standards. But hey, if the season ended at the end of if his contract, for instance, was the end of last year, I think someone makes him the the highest paid shortstop in the league. Sure, that's what I you do. That's how so. you get a top five guy. Is you have to make that right. And the so, so I do guy. think he he. It'll be interesting to see. I think he has a chance to still set the market for shortstop. Should the Rockies know. be in on that sweepstakes? Uh, what? Man. No, no. I hate this idea. Not. I, I'm strongly not. against that. I hate this idea of spending big money on big hitters. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work across the MLB. It doesn't work in Denver. doesn't work in Philly. doesn't work in New York. These teams who spend, spend, spend on players like Arenado, I'm sorry, but I when the Rockies traded Arenado... I was not that upset until I learned what we got back. And it's like, oh my God, they got hosed. The idea of strictly trading him as, as being upset with that, I don't mind at all. I'm all about investing hard on the on the pitching staff, doing the old, uh, doing what Tampa Bay is doing, doing what Oakland's doing. Look at their payroll and look how good their offenses are. These are not strong defensive teams. The, the Rays hit the ball. The, 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 uh, the athletics hit the ball. And they they really have beefed up their back end of the bullpen, their relief guy, their closer. I know the Rockies have tried this before, but just because they tried and it didn't work doesn't mean they shouldn't try again. I, I, I think the Rockies need to get rid of all this wasted money, which I think is eaten up by Trevor Stories, Nolan Arenados. Spend hard still on paying, pitchers. They're still paying Ian Desmond. Spend hard on pitchers and get guys wait, to wait, fill the Ian cap. Wait, did Ian Desmond retire? 
I believe so, but I, I still think they're paying his last year of his contract. <laughs> the Rockies are paying everybody I in the league so. at this point. Although, you know what? I, I do. Uh, the opt out definitely affected that. He wasn't getting paid as much as he should have because but, he opted out. But shouldn't have been getting. I'm just. I've, I'm just. That's one of the things I've, I've. I've always felt strong about is that in baseball, the whole idea of overspending for these guys who are going to put up big offensive numbers, it hasn't worked. I mean, well, it look, worked look, in. Uh, your point is well taken. Every you are winning absolutely te- correct. Every winning team is going to have good hitters. So you're going to find players who, who hit on good teams. But my point is teams who invest strong. What have the Yankees won recently? And, and look at their payroll and look what they try and go well, for. Well, but I look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers brought in a Mookie Dodgers, Betts and an MVP But the candidate. Dodgers spent on their pitching staff. Then they used that surplus of money to bring in everyone else around. And the Dodgers are not a great example because they spend, spend, spend. I mean, right. they spend like a drunk millionaire in Vegas. I mean, they don't care about anything. Or, you know, I mean, hey, to your point, to your point, look at a team like uh, like what the Padres tried to do. Okay, the it's not how's it working out for the Padres? They are sitting third place in the NL West right now. But the NL West is not bad. I mean, it turns out the Rockies are playing in a pretty good division this year. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. But but to your point, the Padres go. They spend all this money for Eric Hosmer. What's Eric Hosmer doing for them? Right. Is he really deserving that what a massive contract? I feel like how often does that happen in baseball though? A lot. A lot of these guys get the big money and it it does nothing for a team. It's just to sell tickets. That's all they're trying to do. It's kind of like we talked about last week in basketball. There's these guys like Will Barton's going to want money and they don't put up the stats to get that sort of money they deserve. But you're right, Connor. Someone may pay Trevor Story, pay some of these guys big bucks because they can, because they've got that money laying around. I just don't think it's smart for Plus, the Rockies salary so. caps in baseball are ridiculous. Yeah, well, crazy. there is no, that you just, you just payroll. Yeah. You know, there is no salary. Hey cap, man, I will say till the day I die that it is, it is a detriment to the game of baseball that there is no salary cap. It is a detriment, and I, I know that's a whole different argument. But yeah, I, let's say that for a different so, off-season show. <laughs> uh, hey, I do got real quick for you before we head off the the Rockies. Just real quick, yeah. uh, I do got a. Uh, uh, we've, we've skipped it a couple weeks in a row, but uh, I'm going to go this week uh, back to little Dick's Dollars. I think it's time that Dick got his due. Dick. Yeah, Dick's Dollars. All right, let's get a little theme song for you here. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> All right, so what's going on for Dick's Dollars? Dick's Dollars. <laughs> A segment where we track the money in real time that the Rockies have given, that Dick Monford and the Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals to employ their biggest star and franchise best player. <laughs> so, Connor's uh, not sour about it still. Yeah, he's no, not bitter no, at I'm all. Not bitter. Uh, as of yesterday on uh, Monday, June 28th. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. My notes. My notes lost. I'm sorry. Here we go. So we got the background music. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, the Colorado Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals $17,067,901.23 this year. It's a lot of McDoubles. Thank you. Yeah, and then a- apparently also giving away some money to Ian Stewart as well along the way. So hey, hey, Ian Desmond, you mean? Or Ian Desmond, sorry. <laughs> it's the- Ian Who's Stewart. Who's Ian Stewart? Yeah, he was a, a Rockies third baseman. Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, top prospect. Oh, Very top prospect. TP. Yeah, didn't do well. Didn't pan out. That's a that's, weird um, Freudian slip there. Like right. That hasn't been like thought of or brought up in decades. What, what do you think <laughs> other front offices say about the Rockies front office? Like, Are we the ones that, that they're all laughing at? Oh, we, oh yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it's it. embarrassing. Uh, so uh, just one other thing here, too. Uh, you guys seen what the Cardinals are doing? Have Nolan Arenado and his Cardinals. Seen this? Heard about this? No. 
No. Uh, Tyler, no. I'm sure you have a little bit with your, your sports betting and stuff. Nolan. Uh, the Cardinals. They're not right, doing very well. Dude, they are they are 38 and 41. That's so surprising. Um, all you Rockies fans who think Nolan equals wins. Look what go. happened. Trade uh, away. Uh, you know, well, and, and granted, okay, so I will say this. They were sitting near the top of the division most most of the year. They are on a three and seven skid, and I think even more than that. I think they're on like a like a five and fifteen skid, something like that. So so they are in a tailspin right now, a bit of a tailspin. Um, but yeah, they're sitting four. Fourth place in the NL Central, just above the Pirates. Well, I say just; they're about eight games above the Pirates. Uh, still, they're they're thirty eight and forty one. Um, and hey, you go look at Nolan's stats compared to Ryan McMahon. I mean, hey, I know the Coors effect, but Ryan McMahon is uh, uh, putting up some numbers, and, and Nolan's not having the best year either. So, uh, hey, good for you, Cardinals fans. You know, you uh, you paid the price, and now you're thirty eight and forty one. So. Six dollars and, and plus, Connor. <laughs> as I understand, one of the players from the Arenado trade has now hit the majors is that is that correct or is, there's a pitcher that is oh. uh um you know off the top of my head i i uh i mean it hit the major i mean we've had austin gomber playing for you know the whole time he's a okay you. so he has been from but the start. but okay. but maybe there's a different player that you're speaking of that just got brought up that i was unaware of you know so. i've just i just had a some a, a, a friend and fan that was excited that we finally had something back from there and yeah, i mean hey so. austin, austin <laughs> gomber's been pitching pretty well so um Man. you know that's cool and he's you know he has dude, this guy uh has seriously i'm not even exaggerating he has one of the filthiest curveballs you'll see in the game. He and really has not been anymore. He can't use any sticky tack. Yeah, know, right. No sticky. Goodbye, tack. filthy curveball. Anyway, so there we go with the uh, MLB All Star Game and boom. There so you good. go. Love so it. So All Star Game. Go, go Trevor Story. Up. We're going Fourth for of you. July coming up, oh, and God. of course that means we got to talk. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Love it. Tyler, this, this is, one is of my your special events. event of oh, yeah. the year. Tyler loves the it's glizzies. It's the most wonderful I'll time be honest. I watched it for year. the first time start to finish last year, and I just really wanted a hot dog. I, I was just <laughs> like, it, it did not turn me off at all. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I could go for a hot dog. I was also in Hawaii. Um, okay. This was not last year. Sorry, the year before. Can um, you get a good hot dog in Hawaii? Uh, no, that's not really a thing. You can get like a spam Unless hot you're dog, at, probably. In, if you're in New York, you can get King's Hawaiian hot dogs, which are delicious. Ooh, See? Good dogs. That, what do you so. guys get? What's the perfect dog for you? Oh, Chicago dogs. Yes, it's all about the Hands Chicago. down, okay. baby. I like it. A great Chicago dog in Denver. Yes, you can. Where? Uh, right across the street from Coors Field is a really good spot. It's a Nathan's hot dog. Uh, and you can also, it's a Chicago place, right? Nathan's. They, or is a little it, corporate for... Uh, no, it's not. They serve. We're, we're literally hot talking about the Nathan's hot dog <laughs> eating contest. I think but corporate has already oh, sorry. influenced hang on. Hang on. us here. Hang on. Hang on. He got the name of it wrong. Yeah, I did. Connor. I did. I did. Oh, and you're you're screwing uh, the mom I, and right? pop. It's place. right across the street from Coors Field on Blake and Twentieth. But well, after this it. episode, we're sure not going to get them ever on as a sponsor. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I'm anyway, going to find it. You continue. With <laughs> okay. You know what the hot dog eating contest reminds me of all the time? Every time I see it, uh, other than just being disgusted by it, I uh, got to say, I'm, I'm different than you, Jared. I watch it, and I don't want a hot dog anymore. I, I, also, <laughs> I also think about, like, what? Um, How bad would a hot dog be after being dipped ah. in... Found it to the water. How, yeah. how bad is Dipping that? Dipping it in the water. I'm sorry. I, I found it. It's uh, Ballpark Vienna Beef. Okay. Um, so, and it is fantastic. Actually, for any listeners out there that want a legit Chicago dog, a very legit Chicago dog, and uh, an, an old style uh, beer, which is what they have in, in Wrigley Field in the Chicago games, um, go check out uh, Ballpark Vienna beef, beef right across the street from uh, Coors Field. Now, granted, and now, now, here we go. Ready? 
It reminds me, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners out there have seen The Office, when, when Michael Scott takes them all to the beach and he, he just like throws a bunch of hot dogs down and tells Pam, can you please cook 650 <laughs> hot dogs in the next 10 seconds? She's like, uh, what? And, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he tries to have a hot dog eating contest to see who gets the district manager job. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I can think about every time I hear hot can dogs. Can we now. settle the, like, if ever there's a promotion here, like one of us is getting promoted, I think... That's how we should settle. That's yeah. how we should decide who becomes... Who can put down the most glizzies. Uh, huh. So, Tyler, until you told me about betting and how much you get involved with betting yes. on Nathan, I had no idea. Like, the depth. This is like Super Bowl-esque in the number of different prop bets <laughs> and things going on. So, I, I need, like, let's just do, like, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating 101 Betting Guide. For our listeners. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now so we can get some numbers. This is on what it. you came for, listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the. Uh, okay, but seriously, <laughs> for those of you out here, I, I, people, I know, people love this stuff. Well, and I know a lot of people this last year for the first time got into sports betting through DraftKings, through different outlets now that it's legal in Colorado. Yeah. And so I, I think this is an opportunity. It's a fun event that, like, you. Honestly, most of us would never watch this. Okay, you but, just but don't. It's fun. But it makes it so much fun. It's always fun to have a dog in the fight. But you know what's fun about it? What I love is the intro and how George Shea, <laughs> who's been hosting this thing for a couple decades, they play Bob O'Reilly from The Who. Boom. I always get pumped up. Now I'm always, this one of the times that I let myself have a couple midday beers, get excited for the fourth, right? And he gets out there, George Shea, he's doing the, and uh, he's getting everyone excited. I love, he's so great at it. And it's like a wrestling match. These is, guys are really so, so, so it's a lot of fun. But every year, Joey Chestnut dominates the men and Mickey Sudo has dominated the women. Unfortunately, this year, I can't find any bets for the women. And that is where I like to make my money because mm. there's a lot of... Not of, enough squares betting on that one. There, <laughs> there's just a lot of <laughs> of women who are around the same uh, talent level behind Mickey Sudo. So you got to get a lot of good matchup bets or second place bets, but they've taken all of them off the board because Mickey Sudo's out this year. She's having a baby. So not a lot of bets mm. for the women, so unfortunately. She's having a baby. She's having a baby. So but wait, wait, wait. They always say like, oh, you're eating for two. I mean, that's <laughs> not really a thing. I don't think 50 hot dogs would be for two. <laughs> I, I, think think that's, <laughs> I think that's overwhelming the baby. So uh, it's, it's only the, unfortunately this year, only the men's bets that are out. But uh, I've got a couple that I like. Now, just so everyone knows Joey Chestnut has won I think 13 yeah 13 oh, of the last Lord. 14 years last year he set the record with 75 hot dogs going back since then 2019 71 hot dogs 2018 he ate 74 2017 he ate 72 and 2016 he ate 70 so he's had at least 70 hot dogs for the last five contests the over under for hot dogs this year it's over 350 hot dogs 73 and a half all right. I like the over on that. See, I like to stay away from that one this year because okay. I can't, to me, the 73 and a half bet, you've got to judge Joey Chestnut's motivation. Is he coming in looking to set the record again? Because what I've seen last in, in the past, when he sets that new record, he seems to take the following year off. When he set the record with 74 three years ago, the following year, 71. So he always follows those years up. 
kind of taking his foot off the gas. But I don't know. Maybe he's been going hard. If you look at recent competitions, he won the pepperoni roll eating contest a couple weeks ago. He won. Wait, the, like Tostino's bites? Or is that what we're talking? Uh, like pizza rolls? Yeah, uh, like pizza pepperoni rolls. rolls. Let's pepperoni see here. Pepperoni rolls. The heck is Three it? Because I would totally win in a no, pizza j- bites competition. No, oh. <laughs> yeah, you're on, Jared. It is. Yeah, no, it is. Just throw a, a whole bag down, man. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll throw two bags. <laughs> uh, he won the. Uh, the draft, no, uh, that was a second place finish. Okay, but- he, he won the a cocktail, the shrimp cocktail eating challenge, uh, in, in February, the end of last year, he won the, um, the world tamale eating championship. So are you I- allowed any antacid before or after? See, I don't know the antacid rules. I, I wouldn't assume because there's no way I could throw that's it out. Sort of like like PEDs, right? or, that's sort of like PEDs, right? That's like PEDs for me. I think you got to go in clean. You now, can't can you have the antacid. You can't imagine, line your stomach with stuff. Can, can you imagine the bowel movements these people oh, must have? Yeah, I have to go there. I went heartburn. I went heartburn. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I can't think. I, I just, I just, it, it went into my mind, and now it's like, well, it's like a car wreck. Once it's in there, I can't like not think. Well, about and you it. gotta Come just on. imagine these the eating habits of these human beings like are not natural. So no, there's like, something with their stomachs. These oh, guys are weird. Have you? I, I saw this thing a while ago on, I think it was on ESPN, that was showing a little bit of an insight into how these these. I, I, what do you athletes, call them? Athletes? They are athletes, <laughs> damn it. So, hey, these, these, these athletes uh, train. It is actually freaking nuts, man. They, I mean, yeah. I'm talking like 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 absolute crazy workouts, like super, super workouts. They 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 work out their core and their abs in like an absolute nuts way. It's it's crazy, right? Uh, and then they uh they like have to just like have like this crazy plan to eat lots, and then all of a sudden they fast and they eat tons <laughs> more. And in fact, it's, it's wild, man. Anyways. I watched a YouTube doing my research for this where Joey Chestnut set the world record eating thirty two Big Macs. But oh, Jesus. He, but he did it in 10 minutes. He didn't have to do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> he just wanted to set the record, but he's pounding him. He ate 32 Big Macs in 10 minutes, oh, set the God. world record. All right, so what you want to do, my best bet for the Joey Chestnut isn't the 73 for the total over under. It's the first 10 minutes bet. Excuse me. It's the first minute bet. After the first minute, how many hot dogs will Joey Chestnut eat? The over under is 10. I'm going over 10 hot dogs in the first minute. Last year, he got to 11 hot dogs in the first minute. I see a quick start this year. I'm going over 10 hot dogs in the first minute. In the first minute, over. it's a flat 10, not 10 and a half. So you get the tie if it's 10. How long would it take for you, Tyler, to eat 10 hot dogs? Over under one minute. Oh. <laughs> no, no, ten, ten hot dogs. Go over. I would get okay. sick. One I'll, hour? Could you do it in one hour? I'm not a big eater. I, I don't think I eat can a throw lot of down food. ten hot dogs in an hour. Oh, no, I could throw down ten in an hour. I would say like three hours for me. I think I could get it done in like no way. Just see, see, twenty. I would 20, be thirty down. minutes. I'd say thirty minutes. Three minutes to a dog. I, I mentioned this before. We're gonna have to do an eating contest in here. Put it on YouTube for our listeners now. But granted, I'm not really like I'm not into just like. Cracking a, a blank, a bear hot dog, dipping no, in water I'm, and guzzling I'm it down, like mustard and <laughs> like, ketchup. Yeah, yeah. Let's put things. some like mustard, like with buns. Let's yeah. just like have a full eating car with pe- okay. pepperoni rolls. So, Connor, rolls. I really thought about <laughs> setting this up for this Fourth of July weekend and trying to plan out with you. And then I, it hit me. I'm like, but I really enjoy like the evening festivities for the Fourth of July. You know, fireworks. Look, legal, we can easily illegal. do a zoom. But we can but easily no, do a zoom. No, here's my problem: is I can't go have a day and an evening and enjoy drinks and 
after eating 10 to 15 <laughs> hot dogs? I, I, like, I'm going to be comatose for like 24 it hours. It would ruin your day this. in the next day. Yes. Like, so we need to like strategically plan this out on like a time where we know we can, you know, yeah, let's adjust. Do it. Let's do it. But, but I'm just not down for just sliding some giz- glizzies with water down my goal. The way they you know? just throw them back. Yeah, that's just, oh, that's that's cool. Before we get off the hot dog eating contest, I've got a couple long shots. Okay. So if you guys can find some long shots on your sports books out there, I like a couple of these eaters. Now, currently, the number two ranked eater in the world, Jeffrey Esper, he's the godfather of eating, doing it for a while. Uh, he's hot. I mean, he's on fire right now. If you look at the numbers he's putting up in 2021 and the end of 2020, there's probably no one in better form right now than Jeff Esper. He's recently got the world record for brats, pork roll sandwiches, uh, tamales, nine-inch personal pizzas, and Hooters chicken wings. He recently set the record for... uh, Hooters chicken wings, 281 wings in 10 minutes. And those are tough because they're judging those. You got to clean those wings. So Jeff Esper, number two eater in the world. The one thing about Jeffrey Esper is he's never been a great hot dog eater. His over-under is like 45. So my question is, does he just sort of chalk this up as a loss and he doesn't go very hard for the hot dogs, but he looks to win everything else. So, uh, that you know, he's a great now, eater. Now when but, you say he is hot. Oh, yeah. Are you uh you referring Hansel. to so I mean does he have right like now. the Tom Brady face, you know? Like the chiseled the no. chiseled. Is jawline. anyone hot when they're eating <laughs> forty five <laughs> hot dogs? Dog. And in the manner with which with they are like I'm sure someone out there appreciates that. Uh, uh, there's a there's a there's somebody that's into anything. <laughs> right, what, what, another long shot for us, Tyler. Darren Darren Breeden, currently the number three eater in the world. Darren Breeden's a younger eater. He actually has his own YouTube channel I like to watch. I think it's called uh, Eating with Darren or Darren Eats, something like that, but He's been, you know, and sometimes when you bet golfers, you look for guys who have had top five finishes, who have been around the top and who are looking to emerge. Darren Breeden's been all over the place. He's hitting that dartboard, just can't get it on the center. Now, he's got two world records, both coming in the last couple of years, cheese curds. And then mm. during quarantine, he actually broke the world record for milk and cookies. He ate 48 Oreos and a, a half gallon of whole milk. Oh. Oh, oh, that's God. torture. Two, mi- oh, two minutes and 28 seconds. Oh, So like the wow. gallon challenge, but like but on in, steroids in, in with, with cookies? Uh, with le- an insane yeah. amount of cookies? Yeah. <laughs> and so he destroyed the world record there. So I like... Uh, can't be good for you. No, exactly. I like Darren <laughs> Breeden. He's be. young. He's an up and comer. <laughs> And uh, he's fun. All right, now my last guy here. This is the long shot. That's where you're going to get your 100 to 1. Gideon Oji. Gideon Oji coming in 6'3", 225. So he's got the size advantage. He's a linebacker. Exactly, linebacker. And a couple big wins recently. Brats, the last bra competition he won. And uh, Sweet Corn. Back in April, he won the National Sweet Corn Eating Contest. 57 years of corn in 10 minutes. Off the cob? Off the cob, my friend. So Gideon Oji is my long shot. I like his spirit. He's he's all, he, you know, he always shows up to every contest ready to go and we talk about hot eaters. He's been putting up some good numbers lately. So now, now, Tyler, I'm excited for this. You are uh in-house professional better. Yes. I would like you to on the spot ballpark a handicap for me versus Jared in a eating contest. Um okay, so is it hot dogs? Let's go pizza rolls. Pizza rolls and is it time limit or to a certain number? Race to a number or time limit? Ooh, let's go time limit. Yeah, I think we, we do it. So like, 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 like five, five minutes. minutes? No, no. You guys need to do like five, five, five minutes or something. Five, ten minutes. 
not 10 minutes. You guys couldn't do that. One of you would stop after seven. Okay, 10 minutes. Okay. Seven ten minutes. minutes. Uh, seven minutes. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Five minutes. Five All minutes. Right, five minutes. minutes. Okay. So five, five minutes. minute contest. I'm going to say, oh God, you know what? <laughs> I actually think I'm going to make Jared the slide favorite. Oh, I'm wow. going to put Jared. Let's put your money where your mouth is, son. So we'll, we'll include a vig here. <laughs> we'll include a vig. I'm going Jared minus 135, Connor plus 115. I like how Woo's Media even takes a vig. Is that like a, <laughs> is that like a 5% household? It's probably right around. Is he taking a 5% household for himself on this? Damn. See how he did that? He just slid in a household on us. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. I, I, but we're going to have okay. to answer this. We'll, we'll see. No, it's happening. It's happening. We're doing it. Yeah. So that's. That's always now, fun. wait, wait, wait. How would it change if it was just pure volume? Who could who could eat the most before they give up? Most before they give up. Yeah, like, and like have like an hour time. It would limit. be closer to 50-50. I'd go minus 110, minus 110. Oh, man. I, I'm taking that any day. Jared, wow, you are you, on. There. I'm a little surprised there. And like, don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm no. that, that, that favorite that like. Connor's a little bit bigger that. of a guy than Jared. So like we talked about with Gideon Oji, he's got the size advantage. But Jared's got that elastic stomach. And not, let me tell you, Jared's got a will like no other. I mean, this man will walk over coals to win a contest. Just Let's like, see. Let's say we're doing this. All right. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. are doing this okay. and it's happening. Okay. So. Real quick. This is Anyways, so fun. We'll so I, we're done with all this, but this is so fun. So uh, these bets, if you want to find these bets we're talking about today, betonline.ag has them. Again, betonline.ag. They also have a lot of other entertainment bets this is under the entertainment section do you guys want to know legitimate bets that are out there today that you can put your hard-earned money on these are real actual bets that sportsbooks are taking the first country aliens will attack the favorite is the USA <laughs> at 10. I'm not joking. Uh, this is real. The, the, okay, uh, but this is brilliant. You know how many people are just throwing <laughs> money away at and, this? And, and I don't know, like, when does the time up? Oh, here it is. Which So it says in the instructions, which country will be first to be attacked by aliens? Market will be settled after confirmation by the NSA. If none are attacked by 12-31-21, bets will be void. So at the end of the year, no alien attacks. Hey, you get your money back. Isn't that hysterical? Wait, okay. you get your money back. You get uh, on December thirty first this year if there's no alien attack. So what's it. in it for the sports book if you get your money back? If there's an alien attack and it's not the country that you bet on, but okay. here's what the sports book if you if you're being serious about that, they gain customers. Right. They're just yeah, drawing people. True. People, true. people go, Oh, you can bet on that and so they sign up and want to bet there. That's what I'm, really I'm so, saying, so I can make we a want to throw this out bet. there. Uh think about how many movies have been made about aliens. And how many times in those movies did they land in the United States? I the mean, US the US is the favorite. Pretty the high. second favorite. Russia, you guys will Russia. never guess. Nope. Not actually. That's a good guess because the geography. I got right, it. That's Ready? I got it. I got it. Yeah. The second is going to be Canada. No, Greenland. Oh God. Greenland's the second favorite at eleven to one, and then Russia's third. So, no. all right. But that's not the only interesting one. So the aliens, uh, the first attack, the, the first country they'll attack. That's when you can bet on. Um, you can just bet the yes, no, if you like those kind of bets. Will there be an alien attack in 2021? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, this is where the ju- this is where the pro money is coming in. The first to be abducted. Elon Musk is the favorite at 14. 14- uh, these are real bets, guys. These are actually out there. The first abduction. Elon Musk, 14 to 1. <laughs> Donald Trump, 16 to 1. <laughs> these are just like wishful yeah. thinking from Joe, everyone. Joe Rogan, 16 to 1. <laughs> Tyson Fury... The boxer. I don't know why he's on here. 16 to 1. And then Bill Gates, 20 to 1. Jeff Bezos, 20 to 1. Joe Biden, 20 to 1. No. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, what do you do? You come, come down to earth no, and no you way. You said, me. I'm sorry. I have to just back it. You said you could do a yes, no bet. 
Yes. So I can bet no. No, no, you can't bet no. I'm sorry. Wait a second. I'm like, I'm sorry. You just like skipped right over the fact that I could bet no on an alien attack. So. Isn't that great? And then yeah. lastly here, the last bet they have up to win the next aliens versus human war. Next? The As in insinuating there <laughs> has previously been one already. That is the exact verbiage. <laughs> to win next alien versus human war. Guess who's the favorite? Guess who's alien. the favorite? USA. You. <laughs> the humans are minus 150. Aliens are plus 110. Oh, I am so taking the aliens. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, that, that's a happiness okay. hedge. But if just you think the about bet. this logically here. If they have figured out space travel yeah. to the capacity yeah. Yeah. to yeah. bring an army to Earth, you're telling me they haven't prepared for every scenario and they're just going to, I mean, they're going to dominate. Oh, no. If, if, if Yes. <laughs> if that's what I'm saying, logically speaking, if if there ever was an alien war in any time in the near future, that means <laughs> that means that the aliens have figured out how to get here from billions of light years away. Uh, so but we're it, talking we're talking moving at something that is supposed even with the you know uh, if you believe the theory of relativity, Einstein's theory of relativity, it is impossible for something even in theory to move faster than the speed of light. So that means they have done something that that we can't even fathom is a possibility. They're literally teleporting. They are literally disintegrating. I don't know. Hey, man. Con- aliens Connor, all the way. Connor deGrasse Tyson over here. I was going to say, that went like quickly right <laughs> over my <laughs> head. Sorry. I, I, lost, <laughs> I lost interest. I'm I, into the aliens bet, man. It's, uh, I don't wild. even know what we're talking about. I'm going to start, start calling him Connor deGrasse Tyson. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. that seems I, what only has happened, minerly more absurd what than What has happened to eating. today's podcast? I don't know. What, I'm, I'm sorry it, about is that. Is it the rain? It was like the 29th of June we're recording here, and it was pouring rain on the way over and all i can think to myself is that like covid just broke the world yeah. and like the, the the weather doesn't even know what to do anymore it was 100 degrees in may and now it's 65 degrees and rainy in almost july yeah. mm. welcome to colorado there you go some good bets thank you for your hot dog eating knowledge and now yeah. i am more motivated so than ever i'm to, a big mle guy love major, us, do you, love do you have eating. real quickly the 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 four picks you had out there your best bet and then your three long shots my three them? long shots gideon og jeffrey jeffrey esper and uh, darren breeden and then my uh, best bet was over 10 hot dogs in the first minute for Joey Chestnut. There you go. All right. We will follow up next week. Yep. Follow Uh, up. That happens. And if you lose the bet, then you can personally (laughs) hold Tyler liable. And and everybody, we're going to do some (laughs) some selfless promoting for the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. When when and where can people find that? Oh, it's uh, It's like ESPN, right? Yeah. July 4th, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern on uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus. Where do they record that? Uh, it's in uh, Long Island, right? Yeah, Long Island. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because if you're like West Coast and at 8 a.m., you got to jam down 75 hot dogs, that's, that's pretty brutal. It's 9 a.m. this year. Maybe, I'll, maybe it'll be a Bloody Mary instead of beers. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Things get well, off you. the rails really quickly when you start with Bloody Marys. Yeah, right. I, I mean, same thing. Day. Screwdrivers is my killer, man. All of a sudden, before you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's afternoon now. We can have a couple <laughs> of beers. I made it to noon, you know? <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's get back to some color. All right, bringing it back in, bringing it back in. Before we get out of here, one thing that we wanted to talk a little bit, something a little out of the norm, uh, is some some NCAA football recruiting. And I am determined. Uh, I think we've established a little bit on this show that Connor's not a huge college football 
guy. He's more of an NFL fan. He is in this delusional mindset that it's some sort of a lesser uh, game to watch. So I am determined between now and the start of the college football season to get this man passionate about college football. I mean, Colorado's got so many fun things going on. Like the Buffs are getting better. On uh, I'm a CU fan, but... Uh, so I say things like, unfortunately, CSU is also getting better. But look, they are. They recently hired Steve Adazio. They're doing good things in the Mountain West. Air Force, they're recruiting very well. So it's exciting what's going on in Colorado. And uh, for those who don't know, I grew up in radio. I got going my career in radio. So um, when I started in, in that industry, I called a lot of local high school football games. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of players from Valor to, to Cherry Creek, all the way up to Eaton, Colorado to Rifle High School. And a lot of the, you know, I think what's underestimated is how many good players from Colorado end up going and playing at big time colleges. They just don't, some of the best players in Colorado don't end up playing here in state. So it's exciting what's going on with CU, CSU and Air Force and like you said, Jerry, we'll talk a little recruiting today. Hopefully, Connor does get into it more, and there's not a better time to start getting into it because it's exciting right now across the board. Hey, I'm a bit of a, a CU fan. I like watching CU. I mean, yeah. I'm more uh, more casual when it comes to my uh, but but also watching Connor. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a big NFL guy. You love fantasy, and so oh, I, I think it. that where you're gonna find your either niche or your hook in college is projecting how these guys are going to do at the next level, watching certain guys. Maybe it'll, you know, that, that can kind of be one thing that you thrive at because you're good at that with NFL players. So doing it a little earlier. Now I want to hear you guys. So I want to make this real quick. I want to, I want to hear you guys get into some of these recruiting. Uh, I think I just want to say one thing about it. I think some of my issue is I went to college for a year in Nebraska, uh, go play baseball. And I think some of my issue with college football is just in, I don't, if anyone's been to Nebraska, Ugh. every, spent, spent every some, block uh, is Cornhusker this and the Cornhusker that and the Nebraska. I mean, you cannot go 10 Nebraska. feet in Nebraska without seeing a Cornhusker flag. So uh, I got to say some of it is just some like deep seated like it was so annoying. I don't have you know to go what? around everywhere. I don't blame you at all. I have the same thing with country music. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lived in Greeley way too long. I went to too many Greeley stampedes, and for some reason, it's just I can't listen when to country. When did Colorado become such a country state? Right? I don't know, but I like. We've kind of always had it. We we, yeah. we have a lot of rural and city. It's, yeah. it's a good combo. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. The, the I gotta root say of that's that. part of. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit hey, my bias. You're back there. in a better state. Better things going on. And, there we go. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately for Colorado, I think people miss out on so much excitement and fun when. It comes to CU, CSU, Air Force. Air Force, if, if nobody, if you've never gone to a game at the Air Force Academy, that is a bucket yeah. list thing. You no, know, I, I would love to do it. To I, do. That's a good it point. It is a great environment. It's really cool. You're on campus there. It's it's just it's a lot of fun. But so. CU is Denver's team, and they've been filling the stadium up pretty well the last year. Too, now, so. Have you guys, uh, have either of you guys actually made it out for a game to the new CSU stadium? I no. have not. No. I, I have not. And it's something I have I'd you like seen to it do. though. Have you? Um, have you I've, seen, I've it? seen the 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 pictures and the views of it, but not. In it's pretty person. cool. I mean, I, I've been there. One of you know, I go out there for work actually quite a bit right next there. It's a pretty cool stadium. So I, it's I something think, I want to check out. I think too, CU goes to up there and plays here pretty soon. There's a Rocky Mountain Showdown in Fort Collins coming up. Yeah, Are they so playing they, two games. They, yeah, right. So they so. quit the the yearly contract or whatever, where mm. it was every year uh -huh. they were playing, and now it's like a two years on, two years off type of thing for a few years. So I'm not sure exactly when that happens, but then. Yes, it's one at CU, one at CSU. It's really disappointing um, they're not playing this year, though. Yeah, I, I honestly would be 
be fine with losing that in lieu of, of CU bringing back like a Nebraska as a rival or an old Big 12 rival. I think that'd be fun to see. I mean, they're obviously playing You got your wish because they're playing a Right, who is now SEC, but they were in the Big 12 right. with, with CU. And so, yeah, uh, not the year that you want to play uh, Texas A&M. But right. getting back to the recruiting here, uh, one of the things you just mentioned, Tyler, is the number of talented kids that are coming out of Colorado yeah. – and most of them, if not just about all of them, are not staying in Colorado for college. Well, that's the surprising thing. It's when you really look at the talent and like the top five, ten guys last couple of years, Colorado's got a lot of good football players. And it's getting better and better. Back in the 2000s, Colorado was depleted. I mean, we were not producing any football players. But for some reason, whether it's coaching or, or talent or maybe the youth levels, getting guys ready before they get to high school, I'm not sure why. Look at the development maybe of Valor Christian. That Fred, I was the point I was going to Valor Christian, Cherry Creek. Yeah. You got Dave Logan get involved with things. You so, know, so a lot the, of stuff there. So there's great players coming out of Colorado. This year, the number one overall recruit in the state, running back out of Valor Christian, Gavin Sawchuk, committed at OU. Okay, so he's going to play at Oklahoma. George Fitzpatrick, not sure where he's going yet. He's an offensive tackle out of uh, Cherry Creek. A lot of, lot of offensive linemen this year for uh, from Colorado, but his top three schools, Oregon, Oklahoma, Ohio State, nowhere from Colorado. The number three prospect in the state, athlete out of Fairview, okay? And this is the one that hurts. This stings. He grew up in Boulder. He went to Boulder. I mean, he's around CU. He's an athlete. This kid's fast. He can play receiver. He can play D-back, maybe safety. 6'3", 190. Guess recommitted. Nebraska. Ooh. I hate to see that. And Look, and so I could argue, when you look at it, when you mention a lot of the schools coming up there, hey, I'm a I'm a huge CU fan. Tyler and I do another show on, on Woo's Media Network. Yeah, let's plug it. That's uh, Buffs Nation. It's it's something we do throughout the football season each week as well. Uh, it's a part of the Woo's Media family, which, quick plug for Woo's Media as well. This is a Woo's Media podcast. They do all sorts of different sports podcasts college football uh obviously this one here as well that is a denver sports related so check them out if you have it but i can argue to use not in the caliber that anywhere in the neighborhood of an oklahoma ohio state even in oregon but it's not about being in the caliber it's about look it's a sales pitch i mean you're talking to 16 17 18 year old kids and you you don't have to be alabama Clemson, Ohio State, to get these kids to come, it's a sales pitch. You got to dress it up, make it look good, make it seem fun. Why do you think places like Nebraska do so well in recruiting, yet they're one of the leaders every year for play, for people transferring out? It's because they get to the middle of nowhere. They go, oh, this is what this is. These coaches are really demanding. They're not the nice guys that were in the recruiting process. There's more competition than, than I was led to believe. I'm getting out of here. So it's about selling. Do they your... lose recruits at a higher rate than a lot of other colleges? Nebraska does. Yeah, do but they? it's but it's also it's not. Yeah, Nebraska. It's also sucks, because they man. get a lot of. But it's also because they get a lot of players. <laughs> okay, fair but, enough. But I think that they overpromise, like a lot of schools do. And sure, sure. You think Nate Saban's going up to anyone telling them, "Hey, you're probably not playing until your fifth year senior year." Can but, I just say, how does anybody go to the campus at CU Boulder? And not think it's amazing. Exactly. I mean, honestly, it's I mean, so have you beautiful. Been there? It's so, it is exactly. the most amazing campus I have ever seen. They in my bring life. you up but in the coach's I office. I think something that's different about football versus other college sports is it's that tradition and that pride. And a lot of these schools that are the top recruiting schools year in and year out have that that history. And yes, CU has a few of those moments. 
But you look to the other two schools in Colorado, and, and they don't have that to fall back on. And, and even CU, you can argue, other than a short window, doesn't really have that storied I, history. I think a lot of times, too, what you see with these kids growing up is that they are, they are huge fans of a specific school, right? Yep. And they mm-hmm. have their mindset like on, hey, I am going to OU. Like, I love OU. I follow them, whatever. And I think for whatever reason, CU doesn't quite get that level of like loyalty and fan base. Once um, they start winning, though, do you remember the early 2000s with Joel Klatt and they're winning Big 12 North titles and we're competing mm-hmm. with Texas? The, you go back and look at CU's all-time best recruits. They were all in that 2000, 2001, Gary Barnett was the best recruiting coach that they ever had. Exactly. As far as I the mean, guys he actually got in his time there. And it took a couple of winning seasons. So you get a couple 10-win seasons. You start winning. Then players want to go play for CU. It has to be cool. You have to want to go there. But that's what... When you hear people say, you've got to recruit locally, you got to recruit locally, for a while, for Colorado specifically... I'm like, no, not necessarily, because CU's getting a lot of their recruits now from the South, Texas, Florida, California. I'm fine with that, but you need to keep this big talent, your your main guys in state. And that goes for Colorado State and Air Force, too. Now, I do want to say, Air Force did a really nice job this year getting uh, Luke Meyer to sign. Luke Meyer, edge rusher, defensive end from uh, uh, Valor, 6'5", 210, great film. I mean, I'm not a good... I don't think it'd be a great scout. You know, I, I sometimes look at film. I'm like, I don't really see what these scouts see. What makes this guy so great? You can see with Luke Meyer, he's going to be, he could have gone to a lot of colleges, but Air Force kind of has an advantage to where if you want to be in the Air Force or, or in the service, you go right. play there. So right. they did a really good job there keeping him in. But uh, that's what you got to do. You got to keep these guys in state and make it appealing. And, and of 23 star recruits, from Colorado in, on two four seven Sports, he is a he is one of two that stayed in Colorado. Yeah, all all uh, other I'm guys sorry, that, that, are, that are out of the top what? Sorry, twenty three star players. So 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 the top twenty three three stars. star players. Okay, yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> See, that was that was throwing me too. I was like twenty three stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, get so twenty it. of them that are three star players. Okay. And he's one of two that stayed in Colorado. Yeah, the other one's going to CSU. Now, uh, and the other one's going to CSU. CU does not have a top, yeah. uh, a three-star or higher recruit no, no, from can Colorado. I ask, uh, Committed. For our listeners, not me, of course, but for our <laughs> listeners who may not understand how many stars are uh, available, sure. can you uh, five give star. a quick... Yeah, five-star is the highest you can get, and five-star is very rare. You Colorado have one or two a year. Yeah, Colorado doesn't have a five-star this year. Hmm. So uh, last year, they had one five-star. So it's really rare you get a five-star player from Colorado. Uh, four star is on that elite level, and then three star is where you get in the in the range of can you bring him in and develop him? Or did the evaluators get it wrong? I mean, LaVisca Chenault was a three-star recruit. So a lot of times, this is very hit and miss. I mean, these are not the most accurate no, things. No, I got another question for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, I knew all that about the stars. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, here, here's a real question for you, though. Uh, do... Uh, I look at sports in Colorado, and I see a little bit of a of a of a bias, right, uh, from these national uh, commentators and people who look at Colorado sports, right? Uh, is there any sort of bias when it comes to like how they rank recruits? Because hey, let's face it, Colorado, unlike some other districts, right, they don't have six A high schools. They don't, you know, they, they we have five A. They don't have six A. We don't have these. Ma- I mean, in the, in the Midwest, right. there is some big, massive football schools. Do we get a little bit of bias because of the there location has to where they be. play? Don't you think there uh, has to be built-in bias? If you're looking at, at the exact same, let's say, uh, receiving tight end, and he plays at a school at Valor, 
or he plays at uh, Gordon, Gordon Bishop or uh, what? Uh, Gordon, B- Bishop Gordon, Gorman. Yeah, I, I know. I don't in know Nevada, the, the names the, of, of the, the schools off the top of my head. Or in Florida, IMG Academy in Florida. Some of those There's three or four schools. football. Right. So I think, Adam, I think naturally, that's a great point that I actually have not put too much thought into because I don't handicap high schoolers right. going to, to college, but. Right. That's a really good point. I think naturally, maybe Gavin Sawchuk would be a five star if he's in a different state. So potentially, we're a little bit underrated here in Colorado. Yeah, okay. but uh, overall, like I said, Air Force, a uh, couple guys that that uh, they, that I'm excited about. Luke Meyer. Uh, I like uh, Bruin Feishman, the tight end from Pocadillo, Idaho. He's a guy who they can use in that offense. He can block. He's big. They can utilize him inside. So I think Air Force adding to what they have. Good stuff there. Uh, Colorado State too. What does see what does CSU need? Offense. What did they get this year? Offense. Uh, Malachi Medlock out of Texas, three-star running back. He's really fast. He's going to do wonders. We talked about Kyle Day Jr., the receiver out of Cherry Creek. Speed. So they got a lot of speed. Uh, Medlock in the backfield, and then uh, Kyle Day Jr. is going to pl- probably play. Uh, slot receiver. Put, they'll put him in the middle of the field. Uh, he's quick, 5'11". And, and, and he's a three-star out of uh, Cherry Creek. Cherry Creek, yep. And then the last guy who I'm excited about for CSU, Jake McNamara, quarterback out of uh, Tennessee. He's quick, but he's actually listed as a pro style. So he's athletic. He can throw the football. Uh, three-star out of Franklin, Tennessee. So those are the guys I'm excited with about CSU. They've done a great job. And then Colorado, even though we're kind of upset with their lack of local talent, they're still the number five recruiting class in the Pac-12 and number 38 in the nation. That's not bad for Carl Durrell's second year on the job doing this. And last year yeah, in, in his yeah. first full recruiting season, he ended 63rd in the country, and I believe it was like 10th in the Pac-12. So not a great first year. Now, as Tyler talked about, a lot of these things are very fluid in their moving, and a lot of it is fitting guys to your system. He's a guy coming in as a new coach, bringing in some new philosophies, different things like that. So we'll see how some of that p- pays off. He, they had a lot, a, a heavy recruiting class the year before. Oh, see, a lot of guys that had a lot of impact. So they actually had a smaller uh, uh, committed class from 2021. Yeah, but they were cla- their CU's class last year was great. I mean, I can't wait to see some of those guys play. Um, but this year, Colorado bringing in uh, I, I want to focus on CU's defense, and we've just kind of been highlighting the the top couple recruits. But Colorado, the last, what, eight years, nine years, they've become defensive back U. I mean, Colorado, CU, puts cornerbacks and safeties in the NFL like no other Pac-12 school. Yeah, that, that's it's, a good point. There's some cra- really good players out there. A ton. I mean, we're going back to Jimmy Smith oh, yeah. 10 years ago. Uh-huh. So Dylan Dixon, safety at a Peer- uh, Peerland High School in Texas. Peerland's one of those high schools where one of those high schools, they always compete for the state and sometimes national championship. I love seeing kids coming out of Pearson, going to Boulder. 6'2", 190, safety, three-star. Um, where's the defensive back? Josh Wiggins at a Klein Oak High School, which is in Spring, Texas. Three-star cornerback. He's fast. He's 6'1", 170, got a little size too. And then the one that I'm most excited about, Cordell Stewart's son, Cyrie Stewart, committed ah, to Colorado. Yeah, so CU, again, not bringing in the local talent, and I do want to see that change. Overall, though, good players coming in. But there was a theme of, of just about every player you just mentioned there, and that's Texas. And that's something that I think CU got away from a little bit when they went into the Pac-12. They really focused heavy on the California, on the West Coast recruiting, bringing Darren Cheverini in, who's their offensive coordinator, as well as their recruiting coordinator. He's a guy that Played at CU under Carl Dorrell when Carl Dorrell was there as as an offensive coordinator, uh, or, or excuse me, wide receivers coach, yeah. and Chevrini was also a receiver there. 
He goes to Texas Tech for a few years as an assistant coach there. Comes back to see you, having spent time in Texas. I, I believe he may even be a Texas guy originally, uh, and he's really brought that back for the Buffs, getting back into recruiting in Big Twelve territory. And I think they've extended it even further. They have a guy right now. They have uh, so five guys out of Texas that are committed. One from Louisiana and one from Georgia. Yeah, so Georgia they're too. getting down there. Last year they had a couple of guys out of Florida commit. So they're really getting into that Southeast. That is, as we've, I mean, we, we talk about all the time, and that is football country down there. But so also, you know, you know, a theory that I've had, it's it's actually there's a great. You guys watch Modern Family, I like the show Modern Family. I've seen it. I, but yeah, I there's, there, the there's show, a great yeah. line where uh, where Jay goes. They're at a high school football game, and he goes, "Boy, our kids are playing like they're from a much worse neighborhood tonight. Like they're playing well. <laughs> like sometimes these recruits from California." They're soft, man. Like, there's a reason why USC is always overrated. They get these five-star athletes, and seems like they're just kind of content with 10 and 2. And so I love the idea. And look, maybe that's rat. That'd be generalizing. Maybe there's a lot of people out there who are yelling at me for that. But I think it's the case. And I love the idea that CU's going down to Texas, SEC country, Big, Big 12 country, and getting some of those guys back. But last recruit here out of Texas, Owen McCown, uh, dual threat quarterback coming to see you too so and, and he's got some good lineage as well um his dad josh mccown, josh McCown. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna ask if that's josh mccown yeah it is sir yeah. yes sir McCown, he's a lefty so. he's a lefty oh wow well you can't so, trust a lefty good things that. happening in boulder <laughs> <laughs> hey question real quick for you just i know uh i know we're we're getting against it here but uh uh just real quick and, and we'll go a little bit at some other point more into it but uh curious uh, what, what are your expectations for cu this year you think cu has a has a chance to kind of get back on the map a little bit and and creep close to that top 25 or no. is it not the year their uh, schedule so tough it's their schedule i mean they, they <laughs> it's it's brutal they open up with unc northern colorado that's going to be a yeah, win except, for, except for now you your got ed mccaffrey mata, ed mccaffrey is your head coach exactly there, right bringing one of his kids i forget which one the one from michigan it's is dylan is uh is, is going to be his quarterback. So that's a four-star recruit there. But they've got, I mean, CU's got Texas A&M. UNC got a four-star recruit? Well, yeah. his son, McCaffrey's it's, it's, son, yeah. transferred from... You know, he, McCaffrey's yeah. a coach, no, I, right? I, I, I yeah. do know he's the coach, and I do know that they got his son. I did not know he was a four-star recruit. Oh, he, oh the yeah. dude can play. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. He went to Michigan. Yeah, CU's going to kill him, though. But still, I mean, their schedule next year, unfortunately... It leads to me. I mean, I see maybe seven wins. Yeah, I, I think there's two questions that you're asking. Uh, national relevance, no, but I don't think the Pac-12 is going to have much national relevance again okay. next yeah. year. And so yeah. I do think CU has a chance to be relevant within the Pac-12, particularly the Pac-12 South, where you still have a lot of teams in transition. Last year was really a transition year for Utah, where they had lost a lot of seniors the year before. Um, you you know, USC is USC as long as Clay Helton is their head coach. Right. I'm never going to be afraid of them. And so I do think you do have an opportunity as a CU uh, team that, played well last year should have basically been in the the Pac-12 championship which I mean let's be honest they would have gotten their doors blown off but based on the way the season went it really should have happened that they were in there so I think it is important I actually think this is a huge year and and to bring this back to recruiting because you have a new coach because of the way Mel Tucker left you saw that class dip last year a little bit in the national ratings I think it's very, very important for the CU team to prove consistency. Last year, they ended up 500 in a shortened season. I think you have to be above 500. Also, I think seven wins is crucial for the Buffs this year. If the, if CU can somehow win that Texas A&M game, and the line right now is probably going to be Texas A&M minus uh, 
20, maybe 14 to 20. I think that say. high, huh? Yeah, I'd say I'd say maybe 14 on the low end, 20 on the high end. And it depends on what they do week one. So CU may get a little love because they'll kill UNC. But the point is, Texas A&M will be favored. However, if CU can win that game, they'll have home field advantage, then that could maybe propel them into a very successful season. And I always do this. I'll admit, I'm a biased CU fan. Every year I do this, though, where I go, if they can win this one game, because if CU, they'll start off 1-0, UNC, if they can beat Texas A&M game two, I think we'll have all the momentum and then that big game experience to beat Minnesota game three in Boulder. And then CU goes on the road to Arizona State where Herm Edwards has completely turned that program around. And that's a, another question mark. But still, if you can start 3-0 and going on the road for that big game against Arizona State, that changes everything. So that Texas A&M game is going to be season-defining, I think, in week two of the year. So it's exciting, though. Big, tough schedule coming up. And if you like going to games in Boulder, you got a lot of good ones to pick from this year. They've got uh, UNC, and then A&M's at the mile high. Yep. Minnesota, USC, Arizona, Oregon State, Washington. Those are all here in Boulder And, and this they year. play a ton of home games. I don't know if that was like a mistake in the scheduling, but they have all three of their uh, non-conference games are home games. And, I, and maybe One it's because two. technically uh, A&M's a neutral site game because it's not in Boulder. Right. I, I don't know if that's the technicality they're Probably. going on, but they have like eight home games this yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, they, they have seven games in Colorado, and uh, they go on the road two weeks in, the, uh, in a row only once all year. So travel will not be an issue for, for, the, for the buffs. And so. we'll, we'll certainly continue to dive further into the college football season. It's something, like I mentioned, we, we want to bring up. We want to get involved more as we come up to football season. Next week, we'll start talking a little bit more Broncos. Uh, there's, you know, some they're, they're starting to get camp going, things going there. We'll definitely hit on the All-Star game. We didn't get a chance to talk a ton specific to All-Star game. That'll be coming up the 13th, so we'll talk that next week. As always, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports 1. For Connor Holskamp, Tyler Walji, I'm Jared All. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.